Hello and welcome to Sound Salad, where we toss around all things spoken and all things heard. Brought to you by Audiobooks New Zealand, New Zealand's leading producer of audio content. We hope that you will have a pleasant journey, and if we can add to your comfort in any way, please do not hesitate to press the call bell. Kia ora tato everyone, welcome back for another episode of Sound Salad. Now today we're speaking with a woman that I admire hugely. Um, she's a powerhouse of productivity and, and also like in advocacy and action. She's always got time for sending the elevator down to help other writers at all levels of their creative journeys as well. She's many, many things actually, a public speaker, workshop facilitator, genius behind the writing room, which we'll talk about as well, but is primarily a screenwriter at the moment, from what I understand. <laughs> Her credits include Fresh Eggs, The Tender Trap, Under the Vines, My Life is Murder, and The Cul-de-Sac, just to name a few, over the past few years. I'll let her fill you in on the rest. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, and how you sure. became to be, how, how did you become so enmeshed in the literary and production worlds? Well, thank you so much for that very fulsome greeting. <laughs> I'm you can't see me, but I'm blushing. I'm not really. It's lovely. Hey, um, so how did I become enmeshed in that? I think it's a very simple answer. I think I was always someone, even as a little child, that used to write. And yeah. I think, as a, and I always loved it, didn't really fully appreciate that it was something you could do as a living. And then when I finished university, went off to journalism school and really realized very quickly that I was a creative writer and not cut out for journalism. And that was really, I guess, where I properly started thinking about, I want to be a writer of some sort. And that was it. Um, and then I think the enmeshed part is I like writing all sorts of different things. Like I just love writing. And I think I ended up in television because it was the place that you could actually make a living or a bit, you know, a, a better living than a lot of other writing forms, which is criminal, but Hey, let's not go down mm. that very dark path. Um, <laughs> but it was, so that's, I think why I ended up in TV and then I've always been someone that has gone, well, that's my main writing gig, but I very much enjoy writing short stories, which I hardly do. And I very much write, enjoy writing for theatre. Uh, and I also um, just kind of care about the way um, writers and the arts in general are perceived in New Zealand and the way artists, uh, and broadly speaking, um, tends to get a bit of the raw deal here sometimes, I think. So, you know, it's just that. And I think um, I'm on the Writers Guild board for that reason. Um, you know, I really um, try and do what I can. It's a very behind the scenes, probably quite thankless task, to be honest. But, yeah. you know, um, so that, yeah, so that's the potted version. Um, I think it's just, that's just what I love. I love writing. I love words. I like spending time with other creative people. It's mm. that. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. So was that, was the sort of love for kind of connecting with other writers and things, do you reckon that that was the sort of catalyst for your writing room initiative or was it that there wasn't really anything around? Because from what I, I mean, that's been going for years, right? It has now. Mm. Yes. Yeah, amazingly yeah. Now. Um, it was actually, I had uh, some, actually someone on one of my writing workshops gave me the idea 
And I went, that's, and it was phrased as not, hey, you should put on this. It was mm. phrased as, um, this is a problem. You should think about something that would work for those people. And it was about hanging out with other writers, company, somewhere to go after you've done a workshop um, that, you, you know, you can go to and keep working on your project that you learned about in your workshop or you've done a course or you've done a degree or whatever it is mm. it's a hey now turn up with a bunch of other people and write so that's really how it started and that I'm very thankful to the person who alerted me to that problem mm. um and I really knew immediately what I wanted to do in response to that because weirdly and and then a lot of people perceive writers as people that like to be very solitary and yeah. a lot, and some writers do for sure and certainly there's some parts of the work that you need to do alone absolutely but I'm extroverted this will be a surprise to you I'm sure I'm an extroverted person so I really like company and I found um in my career like so writing and tv and also um the little bit of theater that I've co-written is that I really love being in a room with another writer usually or mm. another couple of writers even though we could be working on completely separate things just loved hearing the tippy tap of their keyboard and just loved knowing that we we're both sitting there really intently creating and so yeah. that was so I really bought my own experience to the writing room from that is that I mean I love it and I love being able to look out of a room or look out of a door and go oh hey I'm looking for a word for blah, blah, blah. And that person who's yeah. obviously clever and creative can go, oh, what about blah, blah, blah? And you go, oh, brilliant. And off you go. You know, it's yeah. just, I just love that for myself. Now, I really know that's not true for everybody. Like not everybody absolutely adores being with other people and writing with other people. They find it very distracting. Sure. I just don't. And so my thought was, I bet you there are other writers out there that also really like the stimulation and company of working yeah. with other writers in the room. And it, it, it sounds almost counterintuitive, like it sounds really odd, but I um, I find that people that really love it, just love it. And what they say to me is every time they look, because we used to do it live and now of course we do it on Zoom because of all the things. Yeah. Um, but people say to me, when they look over at other people working, they find it incredibly motivating. So and whether that's, you know, fear or guilt or whatever it is, it basically makes people go, I really love doing this. So, yeah. Yeah, it's so awesome. And there's, I mean, obviously you 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 say that you write short stories and things like that as well. Mm -hmm. um, everyone that's in in any of your writing rooms, they're, they're all working on completely different genres and styles of writing generally, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like it, yeah. Definitely. Like at the moment, um, there's people that are doing screenplays. There are people that are just blogging. There are yeah. people that are working on memoir. There's quite a few novelists, people that just do short stories. Mm. You know, it's, it's everything really. Yeah. So great. It's so great. I've been along a number of times and it was awesome. It was just like the best thing. I, I, I'm similar to you, Catherine. I found it really, really motivating, you know, Again, I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it's guilt or shame or whatever, and we're not yeah. going to go there. But, no, <laughs> but 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 it's really you know it's a really exciting space to be in. Um, oh, cool. Now, I understand that you've obviously done some writing for a screen, and then you were mentioning that you did some co-writing for stage in the past. Was that? Yeah, my that first right? ever play. Yes, my first ever play I co-wrote with Nick Ward. Oh, cool. And so, which was, and it came about because we were 
not in a great place. Um, we weren't very happy with our respective screenwriting careers. I felt like nothing mm -hmm. was happening and couldn't, it was just one of those, you know, um, kind of down periods, you know, one of the little valleys that you find yourself yeah. in every now and then because our lives tend to be, uh, like most artistic lives tend to be very up and down in terms of income and success, failure, etc. So um, we were grouching about that and we'd become chums working on another show and we had been, we were driving somewhere and we started having this kind of faux argument, um, which was, and we were both laughing and laughing. And then we went, you know what, this is a play. And then we went, let's just write that. And then we really loved it. And then that was it. So um, it was really fun. Awesome. The thing is, we, we worked together really well anyway. So, and we had worked together. So it was just great. Um, it was really, really good fun. So, yeah. That was, and course, yeah. Sorry, that was back in, was that 2012? Was that yeah. season? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. What yeah, was that play so called? It was called Mike and Virginia, but that was before 2012. It was produced in 2012. So mm -hmm. the, um, yeah, we just enjoyed ourselves so much. We started being so indulgent. We enjoyed ourselves so much. We went, I know, we'll afflict that on the world by making a, a play out of that argument, uh, which is really fun. <laughs> and, um, it was great. It was never had so much fun. And of course, I've worked collaboratively all the time because I work in TV yeah. and also a bit of film as well. So that's very different than sitting down and writing a novel or short stories, which is yeah. just. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, obviously you speak about the fact that, you know, pe people can perceive the writing life, so to speak, as, as quite isolated and quite lonely um mm. working in television obviously I mean you know wa walking past some of the writers rooms out at South Pacific Pictures or mm. anywhere else let's be honest um yeah there's a whole team of people all working on very different parts of it right there's someone for dialogue mm. there's someone for mm. you know um action and things like that do you want to speak a little bit about how 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 different it is to write for screen versus stage or or, or any other medium that 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 you're used to writing in Sure. It's, I think it's quite marked. And I think one of the big things yeah. you've alluded to already is that it's collaborative. So if you're working on a TV series or a film, it's going to be collaborative at some point. It might not be initially. I like to talk about uh, in the very, very beginning where there's just you, particularly if you're writing a, like a feature film or a short film, there's just you. I like to refer to that as the art phase because it's just you and you are just doing whatever it is you want. Um, as soon as um, you try to move it from you to getting a team, where have we, and there's various ways of, um, you know, various permutations of that, mm. it becomes collaborative. And I think so that, that's one really big difference is if, so if you are writing a novel or a memoir or a biography or whatever, it's, it's really you for a very long time. And sure, there'll be other people involved like editors, et cetera, publishers, et cetera, down the track. But generally speaking, it's pretty much you and you have final say over everything. Um, and that is also why I find theatre so great, because it's there's a whole different dynamic, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you pray that your actors don't ad lib too much, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. See the script yes. Goes. <laughs> you absolutely do. Um, so me, when it comes, um, you're sort of obviously you you were just sort of speaking about how. I suppose essentially every sort of story and everything kind of starts with a you, with 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 mm -hmm. one person, with one person's idea, etc. Um, then obviously you go through draft phases and things, and in between that, there's 
there's various versions of development, right? So with theatre, oftentimes we'll do kind of workshops, like staged mm-hmm. staged mm-hmm. readings and staged workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we we know as well that the um, that the Writers Guild holds table reads. Yes, for 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 short film and feature film mm. scripts, so that so that mm. the authors can really start to hear what it is that they're doing and and how mm. their story is working, and also all of the sort of potholes where it isn't. Mm. Um, so in terms of in terms of what 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 development sort of means to you is how how is the development of something in theatre different from sort of developing like a a television or a or a, um, a film script or something. I think the the main difference initially when I think about that is that for theatre, one of the very first things that happens is people read it as in out loud. You know, there's yes. a reading. That's one of the, in my experience, that's um, the very first thing. Um, you, it's really possible other people will read it and give you notes before that happens. But generally, in my experience only, I guess, is that it's been, a, that I've written the play now actors are going to perform it in a read or a stage mm-hmm. reading and that's part of the development process whereas with film and tv it's invariably um someone else is going to read it and give you some notes and that someone else could be any number of people mm-hmm. um, what i really like to recommend to uh newer writers is that before you go out to the market or out to people that you want to read it and give you notes or whatever is get a bunch of chums together that mm. you know that can at least half perform and do it put some wine on and have them read it in front of you like yeah exactly like the which is the staged reading really it's just in someone's lounge yeah. um i think it's super useful and i think it's useful because again you hear it um you su- and you will absolutely and I guarantee anyone laughs when I say this it's actually true is that the first time you hear your feature film read you'll go oh <laughs> that needs to be cut you know you'll just go oh, where's the dialogue it's so fat like where's the you know why is it so flabby um so, I love it, that you always use that term flabby and fat what does that mean <laughs> it just means that it's it, there's extraneous words and dialogue and in it and it happened every time I ever hear anything read in fact this happened to me yesterday even though I've done numerous drafts um there's still I'll still find something that jars on my ear that I'll go no I should have cut that I should have seen that anyway so there's there's that um I think you're the development phase for film and tv and of course they're different beasts as well as tends to be there's you and then there's you and the first person that reads your script and gives you feedback and that could be anyone from a producer or a director that you want to work with or Mm. an actor you want to work with, or it could be um, someone, you know, you've applied for some kind of funding or initiative and you get a little bit of feedback there, or you have given it to some mates that also are trying to get a film made and they've given you feedback. So it's really, there's a bunch of different ways you can start that development process. Um, the more professional version of that is that there's usually someone who is paid to be the person that works with you. So that's going to be potentially right. an assessor or it's a consultant or it's just the producer you're working with or it's the person who's running the story table. So there's a whole bunch of different versions of that. Um, but certainly what the, the you'll see that there's a common thread running through this, which is like the fulfillment TV, getting notes. <laughs> that yeah, is going to yeah. happen and happen. And so that process is 
Um, it can be painful, the development process, for sure. I will not um, sugarcoat that. It can be also fantastic. I mean, sometimes you give your work to somebody that comes back with fantastic constructive notes and you go, this is going to make my project better, which is amazing. Yeah. But it is, a, um, it is, it really is, um, because film and TV is, I mean, it's really, it's show, it really is the cutting edge of, sorry, the pointy edge of show business. You know, like I know mm. theatre is also show business, but it is, theatre feels more like art in the way that it's developed. There's a yeah. lot, I feel, I don't know why that is, just for me, it just feels that way. Um, with film and TV, you're invariably entering into a business arrangement with somebody yeah. um, when you want them to, you know, produce or buy your work. And it's different because you can't make it on your own. I mean, this is the great, another great difference between theatre and film and TV. And I, I mean, I've done it, so I know. Mm. You can write a play. You could probably get some theatre friends or actor friends to give you some feedback. You can have another draft of it. You can actually mount it yourself, and people do this all the time. Um, whereas with a film, the cost is so prohibitive. And it's mm. not that people don't do it. It's just that it's much more expensive. So yes. you really, you're looking for a team with film and TV. And of course there's a team with theater, but it's um, initially, you could just carry, you could just do it. I mean, I, yeah. I find that thought very freeing. Like I love that thought where I think, well, if I absolutely had to, I could just put this play on, yeah. which is very, very freeing. As opposed to when I think about the idea of trying to create um, a feature film or a TV series without a massive team and mm -hmm. a bunch of money in the bank, yeah. you know as a producer how is that that feels impossible and yeah. I wouldn't even want to try and do that so yeah so team yeah. is really important obviously totally it's it's so interesting I, I I've always sort of said and I and I can't stand the the fact that this is kind of a sort of truism of our industry people who are working in theater are generally super super generous with their time with their resources yes. like the number mm. of the number of shows that I suppose mm. any any young actor has done mm. with mm. absolutely no money attached to it sometimes mm. the script mm. is total dog's balls and sometimes it's amazing you know mm. Um, mm. and oftentimes because of the cost of copyright and things we can't we can't necessarily pick up closer by Patrick Marber and just pop that on at the basement no. because it's about four grand for those rights you know and as soon as you're mm. charging a ticket price then you you know it's 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 yeah it is I really really lo love that you sort of reference the, the actual business part of it and the fact that the business part of arts is pointy like you say yes, you know it like is it is so pointy and and there and <laughs> and there is not a lot to go around you know in all honesty and we can do nothing other than uh, than, than applaud Creative New Zealand for for its massive response in, in terms of everything that's gone on in the past few years um but what I sort of I guess um I can shred into from, from that is um your your position on the writers guild now hmm. what do what do the writers guild do are they there to protect our writers and things or do people um, sort of become members and whatnot yeah it's a membership organization and its purpose is to um it is an advocacy body for screenwriters cool. um but actually it's for script writers i take that back because it's um yeah it, it also encompasses um a little bit of radio, although no one really makes that much at the minute. Um, yeah. But all of the types of script story forms, I guess. And it's so that's its function. And it is our voice, our lobbying voice 
every time there's policy change within government or fund through funding bodies, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, on a personal level, the, sorry, one-to-one kind of level, the Guild um, gives advice, does contract advice, which is really important. Uh, it does rates advice. It does all of that type of thing. So it's an advisory organisation on one level. It's an advocacy organisation on the other. Yeah. And it's a very, it's a, I mean, it's basically one and a half staff members manage everyone in New Zealand, which all the members are all across New Zealand, which is challenging. And, mm. you know, there is part of me that's got the fantasy of when I win lotto, because that's going to happen. Um, I really just want to go, right, I just want to get you staff members. Yeah, so totally. It's, a, it's got a very, um, it's got a very high functioning, impressive board, I have to say, like there's great mm. people on it. Everyone's really hardworking. Um, and it's voluntary board. It's like it's, you know, it's a you're there yeah. for the love and the good work. But it's yeah, it's a very um it's a because it's a membership organization, I think a lot of the stuff they tend to do is not overtly visible because they haven't got a press release person who sits yeah. there churning out a daily press release to say, hey, this is what we've done and this is the bad people we've done this to, and this yeah. is the good stuff we've done. You know, I wish there was, I wish there was a press release person that could do yeah. that because. They do a lot of stuff behind the scenes um, and certainly are advocating for the screenwriter voice constantly. I mean, it's just mm. constant. And I've belonged to the Guild for quite a long time. And I have to say, I also, like a really long time ago, um, I ran it for a while. So and this was, it wasn't quite really? as big as it is now. Yeah, but it was ages ago. And with the thing that's kind of vaguely dismaying is the same issues that come up now for our writers and for our rights and for our conditions and all that stuff are the same. Um, things, really? Some things are better, yeah, but the same stuff, nonsense comes up all the time. Um, they've just put out actually a guide to um, working with producers, which is really good. It's a best practices right. guide, uh, which is a free available if anyone wants to find it. You just go mm. to the Writers Guild website. Um, so that's there. So stuff like that, like the, and they've just come off the back of running a Know Your Rights um, national tour, which was That's a free right. workshop. It's amazing. And just stuff like that. So it's basically on one level, educating on that level, advising, trying to help, trying to, you know, stop badness happening. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I imagine as well um, that most of the members would have probably been with with with, with the Guild for, for quite a long time and, and probably would have would have had multiple sort of exposures over the years to all of the sort of things that they've been able to achieve and do all of the workshops all of the facilitations you know I, I've, I've been involved in a couple of table reads I think over mm. over over all of the years but um Alice Sherman runs it hey mm, that, that's yeah. right yes yeah she's like wonderful both of you yeah. an incredible powerhouse powerhouse women in our industry it's amazing <laughs> um it's I hilarious was, I was actually I was chatting with Craig Gamble um, from Pans about oh, yes. about about how like generous our our literary community are, and I should have actually just said, "Have you ever met Catherine Burnett?" <laughs> it's like li- literally yesterday I got an email from you titled "Go on, gorge yourself on writing opportunities," with everything from fiction awards, playwriting competitions, um, like youth platforms, screenwriting workshops here and overseas. So, is there anything? other than your sort of love of it that kind of gives you the drive to 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 want to continue to be so helpful because you're literally like I honestly I think if anyone needs to find out anything about what is actually going on 
in our writing scene full stop like globally almost you know you 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 you're like a one-stop shop no it's 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 pretty cool because I I find that as a as a sort of young you know burgeoning writer or whatever you know you, you you can spend a lot of time on google trying to find you know um little information little, yeah, yeah just information man and just like little little um tiny tiny little competitions that have you know a five dollar entry fee and you know where we can just sort of build up your own sort of cv you know mm-hmm. and i think it's i mean do you are you are you sort of signed up to like sort of a like global network of writers or anything to be able to find all that stuff out and kind of filter through it and see what's decent? No, not really. Um, I think because of the algorithms and because of what I do and also my online profile is just got screenwriter and writing all over it, as you'd Mm. expect, that I think I just, A, in my social media feeds, I see a lot of that stuff, which is, and I've signed up to some newsletters, but it's, I mean, I really think the volume of information and stuff that is out there is staggering and when I put together that newsletter that you're referring to like my monthly newsletter it's I just cherry pick stuff that I think looks interesting because I that could be like a an a monthly annual of stuff Mm. that you can do and it's open to people and I do try to if it's something new I do try to look at it and go is it dodgy potentially or is whatever Mm. but generally I don't spend a huge huge amount of time compiling it I know it looks like phenomenal but it's actually very easy because as I go through my month I just go oh that's interesting oh that's coming up oh that and I just mark it and then just go grab my newsletter and then I put it all in but to come back to your question honestly I feel the more I know the less I know weirdly like the more I see and look at and read the more I go, wow, there's so much stuff out there. It's yeah. just phenomenal. And I think um, that I don't really know that it's not like a great love of helping people. I just want to say that. So please don't, you know, have <laughs> 50 billion people email me asking for help. It's yeah. it's not really that. It is more that it's very easy to share information, I think. Yeah. And I, re- I remember ages ago, actually years ago, someone saying to me, but when you send out all this information about competitions and initiatives and programs and stuff to people, do you, you know, aren't you worried that you're basically just setting up your own competition? Like you're helping your own competition. Mm, um, that's interesting. It, it made me quite sad. And I know a lot of people feel that way. Um, I just don't. I think yeah. I'm my I'm my biggest competition, actually. Mm, that's a that's a really interesting concept. You're your biggest so, competition. That's cool. I am. You know, I absolutely mm. am um, because I would rather just like lie around eating than working. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's totally. my biggest challenge. <laughs> and I think it's actually very easy to share information. It's not a big deal. Um, mm. It's, so no, I, and also, you know, I believe me, I'm not by any means wanting to suggest that I am a saint by any means. I am not. I just, it makes no, me I've feel. I've been doing that. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. You're too kind. Um, I, uh, I really, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel great when um, I go, this is really helpful. It's a very easy thing for me to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, um, I mean, I'm, it's not like I'm spending my entire life helping other people at all. I'm still doing my own thing. Mm. This is just a very simple way to go, hey, here's a bunch of stuff you might be interested in because it's just come across my desk or, you know, I've, yeah. read an email somewhere it's really not that difficult and I think 
people are so we it was sad the sad thing is that they're sometimes suspicious of that yeah. and I go actually you know I mean also my newsletter always promotes my own workshops first yeah. anyway right? mm-hmm. so I mean that people sign up to find out about my workshops but I go here's just a really easy simple nice thing I can do and I'm not the only person that curates newsletters that's in that are is in that are in the literary realm or the screen industry there are, mm. you know other people do it and I always find those newsletters so great like I really mm. get pleasure from looking at them I go oh god that's so interesting you know yeah. and that's really cool and invariably actually I'm lying because what I normally do is go oh I must read that later and then go where the hell did I put it <laughs> I can't remember where I read that so um but yeah it's it, it, but I don't know it just I started doing it ages ago and you just feel really it's just a nice thing to do and yeah. it's great people really appreciate it I've had people email me saying really nice things like your news I've subscribed to heaps of news newsletters yours I always open and yeah. always read and people are appreciative and as you know, because you're on my database, there's a bunch of things that we don't often talk about as writers or as creative mm. people, or as artists. And I like to talk about those things in the little articles that I write, little yeah. blog posts that I write. And that is um, incredibly affecting to me uh, when people email me back to say how affected they were by what I wrote. Yeah. Uh, it's very moving. And it's I think it's just that, oh, you know, it's, I mean, if you talked to me 20 years ago, it wouldn't have been so generous, I don't think. But yeah. I think it's just that thing of what you put out, you get back, you know, and it's true. Yeah. It's really true. And I go, well, this is easy for me to do, actually, because I'm not giving away the family farm. It's, no, you know, I know. It, I know. It's it, interesting. I'm basically eh? going, it's just a a nice gesture and people will find it useful. I mean, people unsubscribe from my newsletter. So, you know, it's yeah. not, obviously not everyone really cares for it, which yeah. is fine. Um, most people don't, I hasten to add, but it's it's very simple to go, yeah. how can I, um, well, semi-selflessly do something like that because as mm. I've said, it makes me feel great. And I like thinking about those things that affect writers I mean you know I'm on the writers good board I wouldn't be if I didn't really care about screenwriters being treated fairly which extends to you know other writers as well yeah yeah for sure um so let's imagine that we have a project a script a uh, novel even 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 a wee poetry book whatever whatever and you're going through all of your various stages of development Biggest question, how do you know when it's done? Uh, (laughs) When, what is the final draft, you know? Like at what point is, yeah, how do you know? Okay, yeah, well, very good question. And I think you have just given me a fantastic idea for yet another blog post. Um, When do you know you're finished? Yay! (laughs) It's all coming together. See? It's like, (laughs) look what I'm getting back. I'm getting other people's ideas. Brilliant. So, um. I think it's so. I'm going to have to separate um, film and TV and theatre. Yeah, because sure. I think they're. I feel personally they're different for me. So I think with um, TV, which is usually something where I'm being paid, usually being paid to do the gig, and I'm a gun for hire often. Um, the it's finished when I've done it to the best of my ability. I've had notes, and then it goes to either this person who's producing it or um, the showrunner. 
that's when it's finished because I've delivered to the deadline. That's when it's done, um, which is one thing. But certainly with feature film and theatre, it's, as I say, it's usually you're in the art phase on your own for a long time. Yeah. So then, and that's just, which is what I think you're really talking about, um, mm -hmm. is the, I guess I just write it, I write, well, I always do like a rough, really rough draft, sometimes referred to as a vomit draft, get yeah. that out, then go back and rewrite it. And probably the rewriting of that is actually the first draft from my mind. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm always really leery about putting something out that I just don't feel great about. Yeah. So that I think that I think isn't quite right. So I think because I know going, like putting having. Sorry, let me take a step back. Because I know that in theatre and in film, um, and in TV actually, there's going to be notes and there's going to be rewrites because that's just the way of it. Yeah. I guess I tend to think this is the best I can get it to at this point in time, and that's yeah. what I think to myself. Because trying to make it perfect before you show it to anyone is a is a hole you can fall into mm. so I think um I also will rely on if I'm going I'm not quite sure if it's cooked fully cooked I would give it to a a contemporary friend because I've got a couple of friends that I will look at their stuff I'll look at my stuff and give feedback Jen but I think you're kind of talking before that I guess I it's a terrible thing to say, but I think for me, it's just instinctive. I go, I yeah. think that's good enough uh, and pretty good. And I'm not going to be, I always think, actually, this is the answer to your question is at what point am I not embarrassed to give it to someone else? Oh, that's a good measure, eh? Yeah. yeah. So it's like basically, could I, could I bear to put this in front of somebody and not feel absolutely, you know, ashamed yeah. that it's dreadful or embarrassed? Yeah. And some people are not um in any way hindered by that embarrassment or shame by yeah, the way yeah. and yeah. I, I think they're really lucky in a way they just go no it's perfect and off yeah. they go and out are they generally goes, men oh. can I just ask are they generally men? I, you know I, just, <laughs> I don't like to to sort of you know lean into gender stereotypes but yes yeah and, but it's so funny it's so that's a thing and I think I just instinctively go right I think one thing you can really do is read it out loud yeah. But I think if you've got a buddy that is comparable to you, um, if you can find a buddy that is even better than you at that, um, mm. which people often go the other way, they go, oh, I don't want to give it to someone really good. Yeah. But that's exactly what you should do. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's an analogy that, I mean, I do not play tennis, I just want to say, but there's an analogy about tennis playing is that you should always try and play people that are better than you, which I'm sure is appeals to, um, sorry, is across to all sorts of sports. But I think there's that. And I think it's, can I bear to show somebody this? Cool, then it's probably okay to be for a small outing. And then yeah. you'll get some kind of feedback, whether it's positive or negative, and then you'll do more work on it. And then you'll go, okay. I but I tend to be quite instinctive about that. Yeah. I have to say, like, I'll just go, that just feels like it's, and the thing is, I guess for me, it's, it's not, the question of craft is no longer a question. It's mm. never about that for me because I've already learned my craft. So I don't sit there worrying about things like, oh, was my dialogue amazing? You know, or yeah. is that formatting right? You know, I don't worry about those things. I'm more worried about, is it emotionally engaging? Is it telling a good story? Is it, and you know, is it engaging with the person reading it? Yeah. So, but yeah, I think it's, um, I really do think it is, is this the best I can get it? Yeah. That's when you stop. 
I think for those things. And I think that's when you look outside. And this is, I know, terrifying for lots of new writers. I believe I'm saying it not in any kind of glib way. I know it's quite frightening for people, for some people, not for everybody. Yeah, gosh, tell me about it. <laughs> that's sort of, I was kind of um, going to lead into, you know, if um, if you had advice for younger writers to come, I think that's that's probably a massive, massive one, eh? You know, finding mm. fi- finding your people who you can sort of feel ashamed and embarrassed about how crap it is, if, if that's the case, you know. Yeah, but, definitely. But, but who likewise can sort of champion you and sort of um, challenge you to hone it to be better, you know. Yeah. It's and not I think an easy thing quite, to do. No, it's not. And I think it's it's really great to find somebody that can do two things. And I don't know that everyone's good at this, but I think there's two things. If you've got somebody that can give you constructive feedback and which is not what I would do if I was writing it is, that's not constructive feedback. Um, mm. And number two, they can tell you what's good about it. And I think yeah. sometimes people... Uh, will forget that that's part of critique. Yeah, and actually, that's a good point. Hey? It's yeah. a really good point. And because it depends who it is that you're giving it to, I guess. If it's, but as I say, getting a bunch of chums together in a room to read, yeah. it is incredibly useful because then you hear yourself and you sit there going, oh, okay. Um, and then people will invariably be very generous with their time to discuss it with you. Yeah. Particularly if you, I mean, I belonged to a screenwriting group for years, so for about five years, this is ages ago, and I'm still friends with all those people. Like, mm. I, they were not strangers, but I didn't know them very well. There's four of us in the group, and we all were at the same level, and we all were trying to get something made, yeah. and it was terrific. It was absolutely terrific because we had to turn up every month with, you know, we had to put work in every month. And so, A, that drove, you know, it was drove the productivity, but also we got really clever, supportive, nice, caring feedback from mm-hmm. people, which was yeah. really terrific. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool. So other than, other than those, like, absolute total gems, which I've noted down for everyone, um, would there be any other, like, if, if, if there are young writers that are keen to step into specifically writing for theatre or for screen for film and television what would you sort of what's what's the kind of first port of call that you would suggest for them to kind of look into or do um I think a lot of really new young writers just kind of start I mean I was like I was completely self-taught actually um and trial and error and I you know I mean if I could go back I would absolutely go get some training. That's what I would have done, but there was really nothing around at the time. But I think it's um, as soon as possible. So get some training. So you just know the basics. I mean, as I like to say, and you may have well heard me say it before, if I decided I wanted to write a book of haiku, uh, which I do not, but if I did, Mm. um, the first thing I would do is go, how do haiku work? Yeah. Like how do they work? How are they put together? How are they structured? And then I would go and do some do a workshop on that or something or read a book about it something yeah and go right that's how that's the beast I'm dealing with so it's that it's like understand how they these your form works yeah and then I would try to particularly film and tv um and but but also theater I think is, is true as well is attach yourself into social situations as often as possible because they're yeah. all um they're industries that work on connections and relationships Mm. And that's two really big 
pieces of advice. Um, yeah. I meet quite a few writers or new filmmakers or new screenwriters that are kind of chipping away at the around the edges doing stuff. Um, but they think that the way to success is a, some magical key. It's yeah. not. It's relationship-based. They're relationship-based businesses. And I, again, wish I had someone to have told me that a million years ago as well. Yeah. Um, I would have saved a lot of time. But it's. I think that's the two things you can do immediately. And they're two things that are completely within your control. And mm. you don't have to have a lot of money because, I mean, there's plenty of free training online. There just is. So yeah. it's, it's that. I think you need to upskill as much as you possibly can. And then you need to connect with the industry and you need to meet people. And there's so many organizations now that you can join, so many newsletters you can get your name onto. And I mean, you know, there's masses of Facebook groups that, that, have, that are all related. I mean, when you read over those groups, um, it's full of people asking questions about, hey, I want to do this thing. How do you do it? And then someone nice goes, hey, this is how you do it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so it's it's that connecting with the industry as quickly as possible. Yeah. Certainly yeah. signing up for one of, if it's film and TV, you definitely need to get signed up to all of the um, um, funding organizations, newsletters, or certainly join one of the guilds, or whether it's like WIFT, if you want to join WIFT, yeah. or if it's the Writers Guild or Sparta or whatever it is join one of them because you'll get their newsletter and you'll be kept up to date with stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I have to say that's the biggie. And I think it's, I mean, obviously you've got to work on your craft, but that's on you. That's you yeah. doing that work and, you know, failing, doing a bad job of it until you do a good job of it. And that's just mm -hmm. life. So there's that. Um, but I do think that um, connecting with the industry as much and as soon as you possibly can is good. I know um, some of the most um, prolific self-published authors I know are mm. people that did exactly that they were very singular and business-like about how they did it they went I want yeah. to do this thing so they went and got skills they did workshops they learned everything they needed to learn they wrote and they wrote and they wrote then they did more workshops and then they just did it and they had a very singular um practical way of doing it you know they mm. they did not sit around going oh some magical key is now someone's got the magical key to get in it doesn't really work like that no I know it's, it's kind of like a it's 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 sort of like a, a little bit of a blessing and a burden to have the social media side of things because it yeah. is such a mine for resource and for information yes, and for intel and great. um yeah. you know but likewise it can kind of train people particularly younger people I think these days um to believe that them liking something or um, being socially active on that kind of you know platform mm. constitutes them being there or constitutes them being seen or you know and mm. it's mm. Our, mm. our industries every single artistic branch of our creative mm. industry mm. and sector mm. we're tiny we have yes. a small industry and it's one yeah. degree of separation so yeah, you know really if if someone's wanting to, I don't know, write for Shortland Street or something, there is one person in that room that they need to meet. One yeah. person who will know yeah. exactly who to go to, yeah. you know. And it's yeah. almost like it's almost like actually engaging with the people and 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 doing that, bothering to do that kind of networking. Um, yeah, it really is memorable, you know. Like people, people, mm. people do mm. remember people. And they do. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And it's so much easier for you as a new writer. Um, further down the track when you go oh okay so I want to get on that show or I want to have a meeting about insert project name yeah. with this producer if they have met you 
and you can go, hey, I don't know if you remember, but we met at blah, 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 blah. And they'll probably go, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. So much easier for you to connect with people. Mm. And there's, um, I mean, there's, you're so right about social media. I think it's really true. Um, and the thing is, we're in the business of relationships. I mean, even when we create work, mm. invariably, no matter which type of work we're creating, I really don't, I know a lot of writers and artists and creative people, and I don't really know any of them that are going, oh, I just want to create this for me, and it's going to yeah. sit in my bottom drawer. It's yeah. all about you creating things that can you want to connect with other people. Your audience, yeah. Always. Mm. And that audience might be super niche. Like it might be really, really, really niche, and it might not even be in New Zealand, but who cares? Yeah. It's just you are trying to connect with someone on some level. So it makes sense to me that the... Um, one of the best things you could do. And again, I wish someone had said this to me. I sound like I know it all now. Oh my God. You know, it's like I didn't know yeah. it 20 years ago. Um, I wish someone had said that to me. This is a really, really good thing for you to do and mm. for your career. And it's, um, as I say, it's just so much easier for people to respond to you if they know who you are. I mean, I have probably given just really basic advice about how to get your snout into Shortland Street, whatever, yeah. to quite a few people. Yeah. And it's sometimes just, I mean, which is the great thing about um, Facebook, et cetera, is that you can just ask. You can go, oh, well, what's, you know, give me the information about this and um, someone will give it to you. I mean, yeah. I found I belong, I'm in the group um, Women in New Zealand Theatre and mm. um, for obvious reasons. And yeah. I just, I mean, oh God, I love this industry. I went, I need a camper van. <laughs> like I need yes. a camper van for a photo shoot and possibly for a stage, which is segueing beautifully into my play. Yeah. And so <laughs> I waited maybe, I think I heard from a woman who I'd never met before within three minutes. Wow. We've got one. Yeah. <laughs> we, here's a photo. Yeah. Well, that do. I went, that'd be perfect. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Three minutes. I it know. was incredible. Because I, I was thinking, I oh, you know, how am I going to track this thing down? La, 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 la. Just put it out on one Facebook group. Yep. Done. Amazing. Someone will get there. So, so nice. actually yeah. perfect segue. So um, this is something that you have been not, not, not necessarily working on right now, but this is a play that has been written. So when did you write the play that is about to be in production? The camper van. It is, uh, I started writing um, that around, I want to say 2016, somewhere around there. Wow. And right. had, had done um, Gary Henderson's playwriting workshop because you know kids get the skills <laughs> you want to yep. play right get you know go get the skills which is what yep. I did slow learner but there you have it <laughs> and so did that course had the idea on that course worked away on it I was determined to get it into the atoms so killed yep. myself to get it done and it was you know rough got it into the atoms and then just chipped away at it over a couple of years so it's actually not something I wrote like 20 years ago I actually wrote it within the last you know what five or six years so it's not yeah. bad um then yeah that that's that and people liked it I did a bunch of drafts on it there were a couple of read-throughs which was amazing and then I was really thrilled when Tadpole Productions got hold of it and they went we really love this could we what about we do that and I went that sounds great so yeah it was awesome. really nice that's so cool really nice. yeah so when is that on it's coming up in September isn't it yes opens 9th of September mm -hmm. um and it's at Pump House Theatre 
Beautiful. I'll put some um, links to tickets and stuff like that into oh, thank the, you. In, in, into the show notes for everyone. Um, and so what are you working on now? Well, I've just, I'm just fresh from um, a couple of official reads of Camper Van. So I've got cool. some little tiny little tweaks that, and they are tiny. There's probably like, you know, two pages of tweaks I want to do. That's my first thing. Um, I'm also um, working at Right Fest on the weekend and I am about to get back into another draft of a screenplay. And that has been in development for eight years. And I'm oh. like, there's a, the, I'm not crying. I've just got a cold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't got a cold. I'm crying. Okay, so I have got to get back to that. And then I've, um, I'm waiting on some dates for this um, second series of my life is murder. So that will be my next. Those are my next two things. That's and I want, actually, it's great. It's awesome. It's mm. been a very weird after last year, which was very weird. Another weird year this year, yeah. but um, I'm very. I want to write another play this year as well. So, cool. I know. So that's my that's my plan thus far. Oh, that's so awesome! Gosh, it's also exciting. Um, before we go on mindful of our time, I have got one more question that nobody yeah. is getting away unscathed from, and oh, that goodness. is, <laughs> what was your what was your first audiobook experience? And do you remember what it was? Do you remember when it was? And how it made you feel? <laughs> I think it was um, actually on the radio. Like I know that we had, and mum and dad had some 45s that had yeah, stories yeah. on them. Yeah. Definitely. But I think <laughs> the one that really sticks in my mind is Molly Whoppy. Um, really? On Sunday morning children's show that used to get played all the time. And I liked that. And I used to think that was great um, because I liked all the voices and it was dramatic and scary, which was cool. So that's yeah. the first one I can really remember, I think. And yeah, I'm sure yeah. I know that mum and dad had 45s that I must have listened to when I was yeah. really, really little, but I just, yeah. I can't remember what was on them. Yeah, totally. Gosh, good old oral storytelling. All right, Thank wonderful. You. So um, how can people get in touch with you and figure out, um, you know, if they want to come to one of your workshops or or anything like that. I mean, obviously there's Right sure. Fest this weekend, which is huge. It might be a bit short notice for people to try and take yeah. on that now. And but also and really, really super close to selling out. So there's that. Yeah. Um, but so I do most of my workshops under the beginner's guide writing workshops banner. Yeah. And so that is online, easy to find. It's just mm-hmm. beginner's guide writing workshops. Um, it's the website, super easy to find. Yep. I'll put and it down we'll put, for everyone as well. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. And then we've got uh, advertised workshops on that site. Also, you can sign up for my newsletter if you would like to. Yes. And there's a whole bunch of resources and blogs, articles, etc., on the resource page. Awesome. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time this afternoon, Catherine. <laughs> it's my pleasure. It was so fun. Because, you know, I usually hate talking about myself. Okay. (laughs) Not really. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that we got your time. Thank you so much. And I'll see you again soon. Thanks a lot for joining us. I'm Romy Hooper. You've been listening to Sound Salad for all things spoken and all things heard. To hear more Sound Salad episodes, go to www.soundsalad.co.nz. This has been brought to you by my gold sponsor, Audiobooks NZ. Check out their library at www.audiobooksnz.co.nz. We hope that you will have a pleasant journey, and if we can add to your comfort in any way, please do not hesitate to press the call bell.